This is the TTPA, Tani Talks Pirkei Avos, where we talk a Mishnah of Pirkei Avos per day with sage commentary and practical advice to say. This learning should be Le'iloi Nishmas, my baby niece that was here only with us for five days. Her neshama should have an aliyah. Ruchama Tikva Bas Eliezer David. There's a beautiful campaign to raise money for a mikvah, the Ruchama Tikva Mikvah. You could check that out on the chesedfund.com. We're going to take a hiatus after this Mishnah, after today, God willing, for two or so weeks until after Pesach, a spring recess, a spring hiatus, Pesach, break Pesach. Vacation, you could call it, if you will. God willing, we'll come back after Pesach and finish off the Perkei Avos season six through as far as we get to the end of the year to finish off the Perkei Avos for this season. Then, God willing, we'll take our summer hiatus and hopefully come back. Let's look at Hey Tess 5. Nine. So the Mishnah continues the list of seven punishment and seven sins. Wild animals come to the world because of vain oaths and because of the desecration of the names of, of the name of God. Excuse me. A vain oath is one made for no purpose, Ralph points out. For example, someone swears that a marble pillar is made of marble, Rabbeniona points out. Person who sins in public brings disgrace to the name of heaven if he acts in an arrogant, rebellious manner or if other people follow his example, Ralph points out. The Gemara Shabbos 33a interprets the curse. I will incite the wildlife of the field against you from Vayikra as applying to the sins of vain oaths and disgracing the name of God. Exile comes to the world because of idol worship, because of immoral relationships, because of murder, and because of sins involved with abandoning the land during the Shemitah year. The sins of idol worship and immoral relationships and murder are the most severe transgressions in the Torah. Yaharag v'alayavah, you're supposed to die rather than do them. They're the only sins that must be avoided even at the cost of one's life. They are thus punished with the harshest punishment imaginable. The temple is destroyed. The Jewish nation is driven out of Eretz Yisrael, Tiferet Yisrael points out. The fields of Eretz Yisrael may not be worked, plowed, or planted during the Shemitah year, Rav points out. Those who violate this prohibition mistakenly believe that they can successfully grow crops through their own efforts alone without divine insistence. They're punished with exile to demonstrate that their very presence on the land is under God's control, not theirs. Medrashmul points out this mission, the previous one, have listed seven punishments. Famine of drought, famine of disruption and drought, famine of destruction, plague, sword, wild animals, and exile. The number of sins, however, seems to be greater than seven. Meiri categorizes the sins so that they, too, fall into seven groups. Failure to separate the required portions from the produce of Eretz Yisrael, depending on the severity of the crime. This is punished with increasing levels of famine, famine of drought, famine of disruption, and drought, famine of destruction. Number two is unpunished capital crimes, punished by plague. Number three is sins that in- involve the Shemitah year, punished by plague or exile. Number four, a form of injustice, punished by the sword. Number five, are vain oaths, punished by wild beasts. Number six, are desecration of the name, punished by wild beasts. And number seven, the three most serious sins, idol worship, immoral relationships, and murder, punished by exile. The last transgression mentioned in the Mishnah of sins involved with abandoning the land during the Shemitah year is not a separate category because it is included under sins involved with produce of Shemitah, which was mentioned in the previous Mishnah. 
Having concluded the list of seven, the Tana moves on to lists of four. The previous mission taught that God brings plague upon the world as punishment for certain sins. Our mission teaches that once the plague is present and it gets worse at four times during the seven-year Shemitah cycle, as the Tosavianta points out, at four times the plague increases in the fourth year of the seven-year Shemitah cycle, in the seventh year, and after the seventh year Shemitah, and after the Sukkahs of each year. The Tana explains it increases in the fourth year because of Master Ani, the poor man's tithe of the third year that was not given to the poor. It increases in the seventh year because of Master Ani, the poor man's tithe of the sixth year that was not given to the poor. In the third and sixth years of the seven-year Shemitah cycle, the owner of the produce of Eretz Yisrael must separate a tenth and give it to the poor. This portion is called Master Ani. If people do not give Master Ani to the poor in the third and sixth years, they are punished in the years that follow, namely the fourth and the seventh years. It increases after the seventh year Shemitah because of the produce of the seventh year that is not made available to the poor. One who owns produce that grew in the Shemitah year, fruits of the tree, must give up his rights of ownership and let everyone come to take it. And it increases after the Sukkahs of each year because of sealing the gifts of the poor. The Torah requires that a number of portions be left for the poor when crops are harvested. These include leket, ears of grain that fall during the reaping process, shechachav, sheaves that were forgotten in the field, peah, a section of the field that the owner may not harvest, parrot, grapes that fall off a cluster as it is being picked, and olelos, clusters of grapes that did not develop fully by six, by sukkahs. This crop has already been harvested and farmers should have already made these gifts available to the poor. If they fail to do so, the holiday is followed by punishment, as Rambam points out. So again, we should do what we can in our life to avoid those vain, vain oaths. Of course, avoid the big three, immoral relationships, idol worship, and murder. And it's many different levels, by the way. Idol worship could be in worshiping money, worshiping role models that don't deserve to be worshipped and shouldn't be worshipped at all, worshiping honor and fame. You know, immoral relationships doesn't just mean literally running off to, to the other ends of the earth with people, but there are different aspects of different things as well. And murder doesn't literally mean killing someone with a knife or a gun, but someone who publicly humiliates someone, the Gemara, the Talmud, the commentators talk about how that's also a type of killing. So we have to be very careful on many levels of these major three categories, which include many subcategories as well. Of course, be careful with the land, the land of Eretz Yisrael in general. Of course, be careful with Shemitah itself and with dealing with the poor, giving to the poor, doing what we can with the poor. So many holidays are dealing with trying to help out the poor by Pesach coming up, Maos Chitim, and with the Purim, of course, Matanus Slavyonim, and in general, we're supposed to try to take care of the poor. And if you don't have the money to do so, understandably, you could work it out with your rabbi, but maybe you could give your resources, your time, your ability, and your talents to help out those who are less fortunate as well. So do what you can to help out those around you. Join us next time as we talk the number four, four midos of a person in sharing with others. And God willing, hopefully you have a great spring hiatus, a great Pesach. We wish you a Chakashr V'Sameach, a wonderful spring recess. And God willing, we'll see you back here on the TTBA Mertz Blinader when we come back after Pesach. And I'm your host, Tani.